Hello. Welcome back to the audio diary of Aaron Lockman. It was an oppressively hot evening in July around 7. The sun was exiting the hemisphere in the slow, agonizing fashion usually used by that one lingering party guest who can't take a hint. I was safe inside my air-conditioned new apartment, but having spent the whole day outside, I could still feel that thick, wet heat on my skin. Not even a shower and a tall glass of lemonade had shrugged off the scent of Chicago summer. Having nothing better to do, I was sitting at my desk in my room, binge-watching Archer Season 7. My mind was elsewhere, however, and after each episode ended, I would stare through the half-open Venetian blinds at the street outside for a few minutes before continuing. Earlier that summer, I had moved from the gentrified, sun-drenched squalor of the South Loop to the slightly less gentrified amber glow of Edgewater. The one-way street I now lived on was a quiet assortment of two- or three-story apartment buildings, the maroon bricks simmering in the day's dwindling warmth. It was during one of these quiet staring sessions that I heard a soft knocking on the door of my bedroom. Hello, I said. I heard the low, boisterous tones of my new roommate, Alex. Can I come in for a second? Certainly, I said. The door opened with a small squeak. The first thing you must understand about Alex is that he is very, very good-looking. I have never met a man with such perfectly short, yet perfectly quaffed blonde hair, such a stark, yet unassuming jawline, such piercing eyes that are neither blue nor gray, but some exponential hybrid of the two. He was wearing a light blue t-shirt over his powerful yet slim frame, and jeans that were not long enough to be considered pants, but weren't quite shorts either. He was smiling, that strange, gap-toothed smile that meant he was happy to see me, but deeply troubled. Hey, Aaron. Uh, you, uh, d- you doing anything right now? Not at the moment. Uh, would you like to sit down? Alex walked over to the white circle chair in the corner next to the window. He sat down. There was a slight pause. He glanced around my room, taking in the tiny twin bed from Ikea draped in a dark blue comforter, the various color-drenched posters. This chair is nice. Thank you, I said. I got it at Target. Really? Yes. It's pretty comfortable. Yes, I said. It's, um, fluffy. I was mystified. Usually, Alex and I bantered quite easily. I would describe the tone of most of our conversations as platonically flirtatious, peppered with bad puns and halted affection. This stilted awkwardness was a new development. You look nervous, I observed. Alex shuffled awkwardly in the chair. I, uh, I kind of need to ask you a favor. What kind of favor? A weird one. My mind was racing with several possibilities. Okay, I said. I need you to tail Jacob for a day and then tell me if he does anything strange. I cocked my head in confusion. Jacob was another one of my new roommates. There were four of us in total. He lived next to the kitchen, in a living room turned bedroom separated from the rest of the apartment by a velvet curtain. 
He was perhaps the most mysterious of us, a forceful personality trapped behind a quiet face, penetrating eyes, and hair the color of steel wool. He was one of those people who seem menacing, despite perfectly pleasant behaviors and attitudes. You are correct, I said to Alex. That is very weird. I wouldn't ask you to do it if I didn't have to. Why do you have to get someone to tail Jacob? Is he involved in something illegal? I don't think so. Not exactly. Why can't you do it yourself? It's complicated. I found myself for the first time being a little frustrated with Alex. As a rule, I eschew people who are intentionally and needlessly vague, and I feel I must stress that this sudden mystery was not like Alex at all. From what I could tell, he lived a perfectly normal life. He attended Columbia College Chicago alongside me, and worked summers and weekends at Argo Tea, a local beverage chain several notches above Starbucks on the hipster spectrum. He was cheerful, light, perhaps a little neurotic. He enjoyed good theater and exercise and Mike's hard lemonade. Something was decidedly off. Why me, I asked. Is it especially important that I tail him? Well, you investigate stuff all the time, right? The weird, the odd, the supernatural, that kind of thing. It was somewhat true. Ever since the previous year, when I started making a podcast documenting my exploits, I had gained somewhat of a reputation amongst my peer group at college as someone who peers into the murkiest depths of the possible and then writes about it. Do you think Jacob is doing something supernatural? Well, if I knew that, I wouldn't need you to tail him. Alex was smiling again, and I saw a bit of his normal self in his eyes. Okay, I said quietly. I'll do it. Awesome. I will warn you, however, delving into the private and or supernatural business of your roommates, it can become rather messy. If there was one thing I learned in my last apartment, it was that. Alex seemed unfazed. I'll keep it in mind. Just do it by the end of the week and tell me what you find out, all right? All right. You're a peach. He seemed to have regained his customary tentative confidence. He stood up, and on his way out of the room, he leaned over and slapped my cheek twice. It was not a hurtful slap, more like a you've-got-this slap a football coach might give his player before sending him onto the field. He walked down the hall and I heard the floorboards creak as he went into his room, the one immediately down the hallway from mine. I resumed, staring out the window. My mind was a quiver with confusion. I could still feel him, only a wall between us, both doors to the hallway left open, our words, both said and unsaid, strung between us like rope. After a few minutes, Alex yelled to me, Hey, Aaron, want to watch another episode of Derek? And just like that, things were back to normal. I followed him to the living room, where we watched two episodes of Derek, both of which Alex seemed to enjoy much more than I did. If he felt a creeping weirdness due to this task I was now obligated to perform, he did not let on. The velvet curtains that led to Jacob's room hung silently next to the kitchen, and I glanced over at them occasionally as we watched.
the sunlight finally drained itself from the day, leaving a cool blue-gray wash over the apartment. It was often hard to tell with Jacob. Either he was not home at all, or he was being very, very quiet. Next time on the audio diary of Aaron Lockman, a midsummer trip to the beach and a surprising discovery in a public bathroom. <laughs>